From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Rob Root, Mike with you. It is Mike Davidson lives. Thank you for dialing me up recording this first thing bright and early after a storm Monday morning here in Northeast Indiana. Because I damn dozed last night. I was on the recliner watching the, the pack and the Bears go at it. Always a good time when those two teams uh, hook up. Unless, of course, you're a Bears fan this morning. But uh, uh, I was watching the game. It was the fourth quarter. I closed my eyes for what I thought was just two seconds. And all of a sudden, there's like this Christian country singer on TV. And I'm like, Sma? And I realized I had dozed off. And it was like one in the morning. So instead of trying to do a podcast like I normally do Sunday night... Uh, bleary-eyed and tired. I thought I would do it bleary-eyed, tired, and caffeinated first thing Monday morning. So there you have it. Uh, I'm doing okay-ish, all things considered. Uh, still dealing with the sinus thing. Still sounding like crap, but uh, I feel all right. feel okay. Just uh, dealing with a lot of boogers. And I'm sure that's something that you wanted to hear uh, dialing up a podcast, right? Uh, wife's doing fine, too, by the way. Uh, as I mentioned last podcast, she took a toothpick. A toothpick. A toothpick into her foot. I think that was Wednesday night. That's the danger of having kids. They don't pick up after themselves. And somebody dumped out a thing of toothpicks out on the floor in the carpet. Living room. One snapped when she got out of the recliner. And part of that went right into her heel. So uh, about a day or two later, she was doing okay. In fact, the next day, she was out and about shopping because my wife cannot sit still for anything. In fact, she came home yesterday as I was watching the Colts uh, lay another turn in Jacksonville. And she's like, you want to help me clean the garage? I'm like, no, I got to watch my team lose. I did help her uh, during the commercial breaks, though. Uh, she needed some heavy things brought uh, put up in the uh, garage attic, so I was able to oblige her. So she's, she's staying busy uh, and enjoying life. By the way, uh, I went on a rant... What else is new? I went on a rant uh, last podcast, I believe toward the end of it, about uh, how Canada geese are kind of a problem uh, because they were put on the, uh, I think they're protected by some weird-ass treaty between America and Canada, but, like, the thing is, they're, they're no longer, I don't think they're really endangered anymore because there's just so damn many of them, and they crap all over the place. We've got a few retention ponds where I live, uh, and... I brought up because some hunter up in northwest Indiana got stuck in the muck hunting a goose. I don't think it was a Canada goose. I mean, he'd be in jail if that was the case. Uh, but it, it got me thinking about the problem, and I, I kind of came up with uh, the solution. Look, if uh, there's enough of a species to be crapping on sidewalks, you can start thinning the herd a little bit. And I don't, I will walk this back because it was a joke. I, in fact, I even said it after the joke. Uh, I don't think hunting for Canada geese in a subdivision is a good idea, but if you're out and about and you're in the woods and you see it, that's fine. Uh, that anyway. And by the way, uh, the gray jay, it, the gray jay, which is like this cute looking bird, that is the uh, Canada national bird. So the, the goose has just kind of hijacked that name. Uh, but down in, I think, Miami Beach, one of the, uh, one of the politician types down there, uh, has kind of an idea and instead of program to kind of thin out the herd for iguanas because those things are all over the place and I guess uh, they're causing problems for citizenry down there and look I know there's a lot of environmentalists and animal rights types people uh, who are like well animals are just like us and you know we shame on us for doing this and that that and it's like look look 
we got to stay healthy too. And uh, if if it becomes a problem for our day to day living, uh, we ought to uh, do a few things about that, right? Uh, so yeah, just uh, there has to be kind of a thing. Somebody's got to put the bug in somebody's ear. And you know what? I I refuse to believe as insular as politicians, especially out in D.C., are that that isn't a problem in some of their rich communities, their rich gated communities. Like there isn't a, a they don't have fountains in their front yards. They don't have like lakes or whatever in their uh, in their gated communities, and that uh, they go for their daily strolls. And uh, bitch about people violating the HOA, and then oh look, there's like tons of green logs all over the sidewalks. I that that seems to be a universal problem that stretches both Republican, Democrat, poor through rich, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, gay, straight. I mean that, that just seems like a universal universal problem. Nobody likes the Canada goose. All right, quick football rant because I to- uh, hinted at uh, the Colts uh, laying a turd in Jacksonville. It was a turd. It was like uh, what was it? 24 nothing, Yeah. Um, and uh, now they are at .5 and 1.5, sitting at 250 in the AFC South after week two. That is uh, that is a very AFC South type of thing. And I know a lot of people are calling for the heads of uh, Frank Reich and uh, Chris Ballard and Jim Ursay doesn't know what the hell's going on. And by the way, I agree with that last point. Jim Ursay does not know what the hell's going on. Uh, but it's a, it's a chain of command issue. That's as simple as that, uh, because Jim Irsay does not want to have a Bill Pullian type. He wants to have a GM that answers to him, and that's a problem. Uh, it's not quite a Jerry Jones type of thing where Jerry Jones thinks he can run everything 100%, but uh, Jim Irsay's not deferring to somebody that actually kind of knows what's going on. Now, Frank Reich, I think his problem was he uh, uh, he vouched for uh, Carson Wentz last season, so he lost a year there, and uh, that that burned up a lot of goodwill with fans and Chris Ballard hasn't solved the Chris uh, the Chris Chris Ballard hasn't sur- solved the Andrew Luck problem because uh, it's uh, the start of the fourth season since uh, Andrew Luck retired and uh, they're on their fourth quarterback if you don't draft uh, that's another thing to do if you don't draft a franchise guy and build around him you're never ever going to really have success building a Super Bowl caliber team. Just look at Josh Allen. I mean, he, they haven't gotten to the Super Bowl yet, but you can tell the Bills have something special with him. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is the kind of the gold standard right now. Uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, the Bengals have been struggling, but I really do like Joe Burrow. Uh, so you got to find that guy. you got to find that guy who can build the team around, and that problem is done. Oh, and uh, speaking of problems being done, I uh, did not watch 60 Minutes last night. I don't think I've watched 60 Minutes. Uh, when was the last time I did watch 60 Minutes? Maybe once, five or six years ago? Maybe. Uh, I, you, you can get on with your life without watching 60 Minutes. But uh, they, they uh, I guess, interviewed Joe Biden. And Joe Biden said that the pandemic is over with COVID-19. He says there's still problems out there with COVID-19. It's still uh, hurting a few people. But the pandemic is over. So uh, congratulations, Joe Biden. For uh, finally coming to that conclusion just weeks ahead of an election that I had in my head for like the last 18 months. Yeah, that, that uh, the COVID is only affecting, for the most part, people that already have health issues. Uh, that's just that's just great. Uh, uh, recording this, and I think as of right now, across the pond, uh, the funeral's getting underway with Queen Elizabeth II and... Uh, 
you know, everybody is, uh, everybody who's anybody's over there because, I mean, she was, she was, uh, recognized as royalty, head of state type of stuff. And, uh, I'm not sure, I mean, you have the prime minister over there. And I guess they do talk with, uh, the king or the queen or whoever is, uh, their thing at the time. Uh, but uh, not everybody is showing this funeral as it's happening over there. I think, what was it, Channel 4 over there? I think they're owned by Paramount. Uh, like, everybody's showing that, but uh, per the, the Channel 4 over there, I think, has opted to show a bunch of kids' movies, one of which is uh, the critically reviled, audience-hated emoji movie. <laughs> and it's what's weird is uh, a lot of parents over there in Britain are lauding Channel 4 for showing alternative programming because uh, kids uh, would get stressed out. I mean, they're, they're going to show like a, a documentary about Queen Elizabeth becoming queen, I think, back in 1953. So she's been queen before my dad was born. That's kind of crazy to think about. Um... But uh, but nineteen fifty three she uh, she became queen I guess or at least the documentary was uh, released and uh, yeah they're going to show that but they're going to show all these kids movies and I'm thinking well, why do you need alternative programming nowadays considering how many streaming services there are and hell uh, not to date myself but uh, I own a couple of Blu-rays right uh, you you could just have your kids if they're really stressed out and saddened by this. You know, watch something on streaming. Watch something uh, in your Blu-ray collection. You know, if you're a grandparent. Uh, you know, why show the emoji movie? I guess if you're going to show a kid's movie, show something that's classic. You don't want to traumatize the kids. So, you know, show them something like... Uh, uh, what, what would not traumatize kids? I guess like uh, Never Ending Story, uh, Old Yeller. One of those films. Show that. Show that. But uh, the Queen is being laid to rest. Long live the Queen. Um, so the, this part of the podcast, I'm going to be dealing with image. Image. Uh, and how people perceive other people. The first person uh, on the list. Uh, someone you're going to hear quite a bit from. Uh, here in the next... Uh, in the next six weeks, you'll hear from her. Or if you're one of those people that love to jump the gun and... Uh, decorate your home for Christmas, you're probably going to hear her here in about two weeks. Mariah Carey, uh, the queen of Christmas. Uh, I remember she was uh, breaking pretty big back in the early 90s. You know, say what you will about her. I mean, she does have a great voice, and she has been very successful. She was very successful before she became the queen of Christmas, right? And I'm sure that one song that she recorded makes her a buttload of money. I mean, I was heartbroken to see how many tens of millions of dollars Paul McCartney makes off of Wonderful Christmas Time, which is the worst Christmas song ever. And there's some pretty bad ones out there. Uh, but uh, Mariah Carey, I guess, back in the early 90s, back when grunge was a thing, uh, she was cutting in secret a grunge album. Or kind of like an Alanis Morissette type of album with a band. Uh, you know, because she was still trying to feel her own. She was younger, and she was just like, this is before she became super diva. She was well on her way to becoming a diva, but she was just wanting to, you know, mess around with her sound a little bit. So she wanted to cut 
a grunge album of all damn things. And uh, her husband at the time was the head of Sony. And he's like, no, 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 we can't do this. We can't do this. It's uh, you know, the whole image thing. Uh, you know, you, heaven forbid somebody having fun with uh, who they are. So what they ended up doing with this is like they buried, buried this project, kind of. And what happened was uh, they mixed her vocals very low. They had some other woman come on, sing most of Mariah's parts. They released this in like the middle of the night type of thing, and uh, it got pushed off someplace, and it was never spoken of again. And of course, Mariah Carey went on to become Super Diva, and then uh, that weird thing where she was handing out ice cream at uh, uh, MTV during what was that? Uh, Total Request Live. Remember that, that? That's when they would show forty-five seconds of uh, videos daily. Yeah. So, uh, they got swept under the rug. Now they're re releasing it because why the hell not? Mariah Carey has done fairly well for herself. And now you can kind of look back at it and go, oh, God, it sounds bad. Uh, and I think, yeah, I kind of get it. Uh, Mariah Carey is not just a person when, uh, you know, she was as big as she was. It was. She was a brand and you don't want the brand to look bad. And, you know, there would be jokes made about her trying to do basically the Eddie Vedder set, like just trying to, to appeal to them. Uh, being the smart-ass teenager I was and being the smart-ass adult that I am, yeah, I probably would have ragged on it a little bit. But I, what was, it was um, a few, it was back in the early 2000s when uh, Dave Chappelle, you know, he's had a comeback. And uh, he's done very well for himself, uh, depending on who you ask. If you ask me, he's done very well for himself. Uh, but when he uh, had uh, that big contract signed with Comedy Central for a few more seasons of Chappelle's show, and then, uh, okay, I'm giving you the money back, and he had what we all saw, thought was a a, pub, a very public mental breakdown. He went over to Africa and hid for a little bit, and then he did some interviews. I remember after that, he was talking with uh, James Limp Lipton, I believe, inside the actor's studio. And uh, he was talking, uh, he was kind of vague about some stuff here. But he referenced Mariah Carey going on uh, the MTV Total Request Live show, acting a little weird, hating out ice cream sandwiches. He referenced that one time Martin Lawrence went nuts and he was like in a jogging suit out in the middle of traffic swearing at people. Uh, and he kind of talked about how, like, from his perception, you know, you know black performers were under some stress, and he's, he kind of alluded to some stuff that uh, they were kind of um, guarded. And he, he didn't really make specific mentions behind the scenes, as far as I can remember. Could be wrong on this, uh, but it's been a while since I saw that interview. But he made mentions about that, right? And then, you know, and I was like, well, what the hell does that mean? And uh, then I, you also had... Britney Spears, white performer, by the way, for those uh, keeping score at home, she went nuts. And remember when we all uh, kind of laughed at her when she shaved her hair in public? And then now you see her talking a little more. She's not under conservatorship, and uh, she's talking about how her parents, she felt betrayed by her parents, uh, how she's not able to see her own kids, um, and she's just a mess. And, but, but the, you know, she wasn't allowed to get a haircut. That's why she wouldn't shave her head. And there was something about image. And that's kind of, kind of the bass-ackwards way of looking at things. 
is image. When you see these celebrities on TV, you know, how much of themselves are they allowed to control? And I think that's why Chappelle gave all that money back because uh, it was almost like a uh, uh, like a bargain with the devil, right? Um, so he so he gave it back, and uh, you know it, there was a lot of backlash for that, and then he had to get away. So I kind of get that now. But that was probably why Mariah Carey went nuts. Is like she couldn't do stuff that she normally would if she was like you or me. Like if I was handing out ice cream sandwiches or uh, trying to sing really bad Eddie Vedder at a, a karaoke bar in uh, at uh, some college campus, nobody would think twice other than, oh my God, he sucks. But, oh my God, Mariah Carey sucks. That's a problem. And that's why, yeah, you get the rest. So... When young people get real defensive about, uh, oh, you, you shouldn't say this about Taylor Swift. You shouldn't say this about uh, Imagine Dragons or whoever. Uh, they need to understand it's not just a person. It's not just a, a group of guys uh, in a band. It's, it's the image. It is the image 100%. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I do have a link up of that Mariah Carey thing uh, up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. By the way... Uh, kind of a side note, um, this was kind of a stupid thought I had years back. You have basically a hair metal band cover 90s R&B, and they call themselves Pariah Carey. I would love to see that just for the lawsuit alone. All right, image number two, uh, Urban Meyer. Uh, yeah, college football G. Um, I think he lasted 13 games in Jacksonville last year. And uh, that was bad. Like, just just the stories about how he treated uh, his assisting coaches, uh, players. And then you had uh, that woman that wasn't his wife on his lap at a bar. That went viral. Uh, now he's being courted. Now he's being courted by Nebraska, at least the Nebraska fans. Because uh, Cornhuskers, they fired their head guy not too long ago. Yeah, they fired him like week two, week two or three of college football, at least on their schedule. And uh, they, uh, they're they hurting because Nebraska does have a proud football tradition. They haven't won for a long time, though. And they want somebody, and they turn to Urban Meyer. And you're thinking to yourself, again, well, why? It's a little more perverse in sports than I think it is uh, with, uh, with Hollywood. Uh, if you can win, they overlook a lot of things. And Urban Meyer can win in college. Not necessarily in the pros, but in college, he does have a decent track record. And it's it's kind of interesting to see because, as you know, college, uh, you know, they always want to you know, preach about taking the high road. The more, uh, they're moral, they're uh, upstanding, we're not like that, blah, blah, blah. But when push comes to shove, They'll throw their morals out the window, much like the Joker rant from Dark Knight. And uh, they'll pursue the winner. And they are going to do that, I think, with Urban Meyer. And I said this earlier, earlier this year. Or maybe, no, it was uh, it was when I first started doing this podcast last year. Because that's when he got fired, was back in December. I said this, that somebody will pursue him. And somebody wants to be a winner. And they don't give a shit that he was... Uh, 
at a bar with somebody that wasn't his wife. They don't give a shit that uh, he berates his... Uh, uh, the people he hired, he calls them losers. You know, that makes no sense to you or me. But to, to a college uh, campus that wants to make money and has boosters and donors and all that stuff, it makes a ton of sense. So they're going to pursue that guy and they're going to sign him. Now, I don't know if Nebraska necessarily will. But somebody will, and uh, it's kind of interesting that the sports media made such a big deal about how Urban Meyer was a jerk, and then he finds a job in sports media. It's it's a vicious circle. Oh, okay, so there's that, and Motley Crue. Uh, this was a story, a couple of stories relating to Motley Crue here, because <clears throat> I, I saw this the other day. And, uh, like, uh, some dude took his kids to see a Motley Crue concert with their uh, big summer extravaganza. And, and, by the way, congratulations to the band and everybody involved in that tour because uh, that successfully wrapped up and nobody died. But this dude, uh, he took his kids to go see Motley Crue and he was just appalled by some of the fans' behavior. Because, you know, they're drunk, they're stoned, they're showing boobs, they're showing other things. And uh, Tommy Lee, of course, took the high road and mocked this guy publicly for that. Um, I will say this. How do you not know about the behavior of Motley Crue fans uh, if you yourself like Motley Crue? You don't even have to watch The Dirt or read The Dirt to know that that's a kind of a rowdy bunch, right? Uh, but Tommy Lee's uh, mocking him. Uh, you know, So congratulations, Wayne Shower. And I think... Uh, Nikki Six that said that this band is uncancelable, you know, with cancel culture out there and everybody clutching pearls when something doesn't go their way, they want uh, whatever thrown off. And uh, you know, I have to kind of agree with Nikki Six. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Motley Crue, uh, Motley Crue fan because I, I kind of look at the band right now. And they are kind of a caricature of what they were. And what they were back then wasn't even all that great to begin with. But, I mean, you, you go to a show, you know what you're getting into. You you do. I mean, there's just no way around it. Plus, I mean, he's right. How not this like their second or third farewell tour? I mean, it's not quite up. I don't think this was a farewell tour, but they had their farewell tour. And then they were like, ah, <laughs> we want money. And so uh, they went on with that. But, like, Kiss, man, I mean, they've done like six or seven uh, farewell tours, so uh, yeah. All right. Uh, what else? A couple more things. Another reason to hate flying. Uh, I guess this happened over the weekend uh, from Long Beach to Honolulu. You're on this plane for a long ass time. You're flying over nothing but ocean, and uh, you know it's uh, you're you're going to paradise. It's a vacation for a lot of people. You're on the beach. You're enjoying the sun. But you have to go through a little hell to get to it, right? Kind of a kind of a metaphor for life. To to get someplace sunny, sometimes you have to go through a little hell. All right, you're on a plane. You're with the strangers. Guitar Center thought it'd be a great idea, and of course, this this uh, new story is being spun as a positive here. Guitar Center thought it would be a great idea to teach everybody on the plane how to play ukulele. So, uh, as a gift, everybody on the plane got ukulele, and they're uh, strumming along to this damn thing. If it was me, if I had the money to go to Hawaii, 
uh, and this happened, I would just ask uh, the, the stewardess, the in-flight attendant, whatever the hell they want to call themselves, hey, look, just get me a parachute and inflatable raft. I'll take my chances, okay? Yeah, that, that would irritate me to know, and I would not want to be around a bunch of people learning to play an instrument for the first time. I mean, watching Steve Martin play ukulele in the jerk, that's one thing. And he does that very well. Uh, but to be around a bunch of people, and some of these people have been drinking, so you know they're not going to be any good at this. Oh, I nail it at the uh, karaoke bar. I can. I, I sound just like Freddie Mercury. The hell you do. Uh, and now they're strumming a, an instrument they've uh, just started to play right then. This is basically the adult version of uh, fourth grade recorder class. And you're in a plane with these people strumming along. Hey, look, I'm having fun. <laughs> it's enough to make you want to watch the Emoji Movie. Jesus. Uh, I, I'm just not a big fan of this concept. When I'm on a plane, it's been, it's been a long-ass time since I've been on a plane, uh, I want to be left alone. I want to, like, have my headphones on, listen to music, do a little reading, maybe take a nap, have an expensive-ass cocktail. I don't know. I don't want to play ukulele. I don't want to be next to somebody that plays a ukulele. I'm on vacation. I'm I'm done with the team exercises, is what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, that is uh, going to be... Uh, I, I need to get that linked up later on this, today on the Mike Davidson fa uh, Facebook page if it hasn't already been linked up. All right, a couple more things to wrap up with here. Uh, so McDonald's out in New York City. Uh, New York, uh, I can't say that's a place I really want to go to right now. And if you're listening from New York City, my apologies. But, uh, you know, since the pandemic, things have just seemed a little... Um, a little more nuttier than usual, and it's the city that never sleeps. So of course, it, it's going to be nutty. Uh, it was it was nuttier before we knew how nutty Florida was, and Florida's pretty damn nutty. Uh, there was a guy who got into an argument with some other guys at a McDonald's in there, and decided to pull out an axe and start smashing shit. And of course, the cops were called, and of course, somebody. Uh, took the time to whip out their phone, videotape this thing, and it went viral. Uh, yeah, that's that's the kind of culture we are in. Uh, you know, one of these days, no one's going to call the cops because everybody's going to whip out their phone and videotape the damn thing and get it from different angles. Well, did anybody call the police? No, but the murder looked great. Uh, by the way, nobody got hurt, so that's good. But this dude had an axe in his backpack, and... You may think I'm actually joking about this. This actually happened uh, back at the old place, back when I was on air at the Bear here in Fort Wade. Uh, there was a similar story years ago. This was outside of, I think, a radio station in Massachusetts where uh, a juggalo, uh, I guess, I they, they wanted more ICP on the radio station, and that's just ratings gold right there, putting, you know, rap for meth heads on a, on a radio station. Uh, he was standing outside of the radio station holding an axe. And the cops, of course, were called. Because it's a little intimidating to see somebody standing outside with an axe. And I was making fun of this dude. And I get called by a juggalo. And we have a little debate as to when you... Yeah, this was an actual thing. When is an appropriate time to have an axe when to, uh, talking to somebody? What, and I'm anti-axe here and like look unless you're a utility unless you're a construction worker or utility uh linesman if you're a, a freaking logger 
or you're on your way to a job. That's when you have an axe, but you don't need an axe to talk to somebody. To somebody. Well, it really depends, man. Uh, and I'm like, have you ever talked to somebody with an axe? Well, okay, let me explain something to you, man. That's how this whole thing went. And, of course, I'm glad that the doors at the radio station were uh, locked. But there are people like that out there. All right, uh, to wrap up, maybe you saw this a couple uh, nights back. I recorded this separately. I think it was Friday night. It was Friday night. Uh, and that's a video that's on the Mike Danson Facebook page. Uh, I thought for about a year I would do a podcast about what happened to me. Uh, and I just said, after some events, after some events, I was just like, no, here, here's what happened, and here's what's going on, and here's why I feel better about life. And I have that video up on that page. And I've gotten some listener feedback from that. I've gotten some feedback from friends. And if I haven't already, um, I, I do want to thank people out there for uh, sticking with me, checking in with me, and uh, helping me through this past year. But uh, needless to say, I feel a lot better. Aside from the sinus crap. Uh, but uh, it's it's basically just kind of a, a cathartic thing that happened not too long ago. And how like a weight has been lifted off my chest. Uh, one, one thing I uh, wanted to bring up in the video uh, that I did in this metaphor. And uh, again, it, it deals with sinuses a little bit. Uh, my dad, for the longest time, had trouble smelling, trouble breathing, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, and then like... Uh, he found out uh, for the longest time he had a cyst in his nostril. It wasn't cancerous, but it was enough where it was getting too close to the brain. They're like, okay, we got to get this thing out. And this happened back when I was in the third grade and he went in for surgery. And I remember being real worried about it, but uh, he pulled through. He was a-okay. It wasn't life-threatening. They're just like, okay, we're going we're gonna to pull this out of your dad's nose and he'll be better. And people started asking him what that was like and he goes it's like I'm breathing for the first time like he just he said it was like it was like he, he could concentrate more it was a burden lifted off of him and that's like what it is with me only a little more emotional and with myself alright until next episode stay fresh cheese man you've been listening to Mike Davidson live be sure to check him out on social media like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Lives.